I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast that thinks Ali might be plotting an escape. I'm Travis Helwig. And I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our preview of LAFC's MLS match versus Vancouver Whitecaps FC on Saturday, June 24th at 7.30 p.m. at BMO Stadium. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+, and we'll be live streaming our post-game call-in show on our YouTube channel 10 minutes after the final whistle at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. Subscribe now, get notified when we go live. And also, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us keep making it, become a friend of the foot by clicking the Patreon link in the show notes or pick up some Happy Sadfoot merch by going to happyfootsadfootpod.com. Later in the show, we'll talk Pride Night with Luke Clip of Pride Republic. And as always, we're going to talk about the storylines of the match and we're going to make some very special bets. But first, we're not just co-hosts. We're also regular people just like you. It's time for listener-mandated banter. Darren, how you doing? Oof. It's, I don't know. The weather's nicer. I'm tired, man. <laughs> I the, What was weird today is the sun was out. We're talking about weather. That's the level of banter people are getting. That's banter. Uh, that's, weird. that's the mandate. <laughs> it is funny because we're, like I've said this before, we're using banter to mean talking. But in soccer terms, banter is like when you're talking shit. So we're like, finally, some we're going to talk shit. How's the weather for you, Dare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but banter is also just like banter is like a back and forth dynamic. Yeah, patter. Yeah, um, there we go. Pat, listener mandated pat. Listener, <laughs> listener mandated chuffa is so funny. <laughs> you know the word chuffa, right? Or is that just the yeah. uh, writing? Term? No, that's yeah. a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I know it because it's. It's a writing term. I don't know yeah. if it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't learn it until I, I moved to LA, and it's like, this this feels like chuffa. Get rid of it. Um, it just means like... <laughs> I mean, th- that's what we said when we started this podcast. We didn't want chuffa up top. Exactly. Well, and here we are, talking about well, we're the doing weather. It. We're just, it was like, sunny out and a little chilly, which was nice. Well, I, we're at a point where the season is so involved that, like, what else is there going on? We, like, we yeah. do the podcast and we watch the games... <laughs> 
and then we sleep when we can. And that's yeah. I talked to you last pretty much night. all of life. Yeah. <laughs> I spent most when of the I'm day sobering this, up. I'm editing this. <laughs> What's it? I spent most of the day sobering up from the LAFC game last night, and now I'm fit <laughs> to record another podcast. Um, all right, that's enough banter into the dismal look Oof. of our lives. <laughs> God, it was so good though. I mean, pure gold. <laughs> This is what the Patreon subscribers are happy they subscribed for. Yeah, now Let's I'm like playing. I'm playing a little show. nervous now. I'm like, oh, we really got that stakes are high yeah. now. We re- the minute we ask for we really money, got deliver. We really can't phone it in anymore. I know. I know. God. Oh, well, the numbers just immediately drop. I know. <laughs> Someone you, burns everybody. a scarf on the jumbotron. <laughs> we got a scarf on the jumbotron. The next step, the second step, is someone just burns one. <laughs> Start the show, Darren. I'm done with this bullshit. (laughs) Well, Travis, I'm exhausted. I know the team is too, but they're getting paid to be exhausted. They're the roller coaster train, expertly engineered to hug every twist and turn of the season. But sometimes it feels like the season is constructed by a traveling carnival with questionable maintenance practices and teens running the coaster as a summer job with their hands full of a phone and a vape pen and none left for the controls. And we, the fans, are just along for the ride, knocked around by our own adrenaline like ragdolls. Thankfully, my friend Travis is essentially the LAFC equivalent of one of those roller coaster freaks who just goes to amusement parks alone and rides the most intense coasters over and over again, trash-talking every loop-de-loop and terrifying parents of small children. It's almost like he could be a coaster train himself if he hadn't already played and peaked in high school. Well... That's longer than I could hang. So every week, I make Travis guide my tired, dizzy head through the important storylines of every match before I puke in a segment we call Storylines. You know, I... Of all the insults that you've done before, none has actually hurt my feelings the way Travis is like a coaster enthusiast has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm shooting in the dark a lot of these times. Like, I, I, I do feel an obligation to throw at least one neg in there, but I don't know what's actually going to hit. That one, so. that one, I was like, oh no. Someone's going to, like, someone who doesn't know anything about the community will stumble upon this and be like, look at this sad guy. Also, did you know? <laughs> Do you know that there's one roller coaster that scientists have done a bunch of studies on and found that this roller coaster breaks up kidney stones? <laughs> so if you go on the roller coaster with the kidney stone, there's a good chance you can pass it after you go on the roller coaster. Whoa. Could you get like a prescription for that roller coaster? That's so funny. We prescribe you Boulder Dash at Lake Compounds in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, Darren, how are you? You look bright, more youthful, oh, a little pep boy. in your step. Perhaps I'm wearing my glasses. <laughs> perhaps it's because last week on the show, Darren, I said all LAFC had to do was tie both games this week, and I'd feel a little bit of relief. And look at us now, baby. Look at us now. We came away with two victories on the week, both one to zero. Both could have been a little bit more if a few more offsides calls went our way. And it feels like maybe, just maybe, we've righted the ship. Maybe the sky wasn't falling. Maybe we were just moving higher and higher. And it felt like the sky was falling because we were closer to the top of the mountain. Whoa. All this beautiful poetry, right? Um, (laughs) Makes you think, man. (laughs) All this brings us to the first storyline of the match, which is this. 
Just how real is this turnaround we're going through? <laughs> the first month of <laughs> Oh no, come on. <laughs> The month of June was maybe the worst month in the history of our club. We looked absolutely abhorrent against Lyon and Houston. But on the flip side, the last two weeks, we looked pretty good. You know, we had our tie against RSL, even though we didn't score. We had a bunch of chances at home. And again, we had a win against Seattle, a powerhouse club on Wednesday of this week. After winning in Kansas City last weekend, we got to breathe a small sigh of relief, but it felt tenuous at best. However, after our win against Seattle this Wednesday, we are officially first in the West with a game in hand, and we played with pace and creativity and looked like we had the confidence we've been missing for a few weeks now. Maybe it's true what we said, Darren. We just needed to win one, and it would feel like we were back because that's what it seems like since Kansas City. But like we said last week, there's been some genuine concern for a while now, and our play has looked rough as far back as two months ago. Our roster remains thin and pretty injury-filled, and we've looked well-rotated in the last two games, but who knows how long that can last. But there is word that maybe Mamadou Fall will be returning to LAFC because his loan at Villarreal is or however you say that I'm not going to even try might return from his loan. They don't want to keep him there or we want him back. I'm not sure, but that would be huge for us because our center back Jesus Murillo is out for a few weeks with his injury. Darren, just a temperature check. How are you feeling? Do you think this is a legit return to form or just some regular old sports randomness? I don't know. That's why I wrote about a roller coaster, man. I just like, I don't know what the, I, I don't know whether to trust the skid or that wasn't real or trust this or this wasn't, isn't real. Like, yeah. I think now we're a lot of, now's the time where you say like, Oh, everyone overreacted, but it's like, well, what if you're, everyone's overreacting to this? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, my gut says that actually Vancouver is the litmus test. You know, like when LAFC is playing well, we would never lose a Saturday night game against a team like Vancouver. That's not a game we should lose at home. Yeah. And so if we yeah. do, um, it'll be like, oh, right, where there's still some kinks to work out. And if we win, it's like, okay, we've won three in a row now, which is about, how many we lost in a row when we started freaking out. So I think Saturday yeah. we'll really get an answer uh, of, of what this is like. It's also worth noting that following the game against Vancouver on Saturday, we have our only full week of rest until the League's Cup in mid-July. Every other week after that, we will have two games. So hopefully we take full advantage of that time off and all the players use those weird giant leg massagers I sometimes get ads for on Instagram. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't get those at all. <laughs> Uh, they're, no they're idea. Like, I've never seen one. <laughs> they look like giant socks that like cover your entire leg. They're like almost like ski boots, but they go all the way up your legs. And I guess they massage. Whoa. Yeah, they're weird. I've seen like LeBron that use them, crazy. but I get Instagram ads for them. I don't know why. Because the truth is, maybe that maybe you're an athlete. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> being a podcaster is a sport. This, this is, is hard a work. Sport. This is a sport. <laughs> you have to sit in your bed and write the wow. story. I was a lot of work. saying that you're an athlete, and now we're coming out of it, both athletes. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. I think so. We got some people wear our jerseys. <laughs> I'm wearing a the jersey. The truth is, Darren, they might need those leg things because our team really needs the rest after this game. It's obvious that even though we've won two in a row, the team is still struggling to find the offensive form it once had. Dolo said as much in the press conference when someone asked him about a poku. He basically made it clear he's disappointed with the entire front line as of right now. And that brings us to the second storyline of the match, Darren, which is this. Will Denny Bawanga ever score again? 
Don't say that. Oh God. <laughs> I like I like getting saucy with each of these <laughs> story. Like we're coming over yeah. two wins, and I'm really throwing it at people. <laughs> I think we've proven that we're almost never correct. So I think I can say whatever, and it's fine. But the man Sto- was in storylines is just becoming fierce. Yeah, <laughs> your worst mean, nightmares. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what stories are, man. You're scared about something. You got to overcome something and then you do it. I'm saying what the struggles are. We'll see if we overcome those struggles. Boanga was unstoppable from March to May. And since then, he's been somewhat shut down. He was jet lagged against Seattle on Wednesday. And while, you know, that's understandable from playing a bunch of minutes in Africa earlier in the week, he looked like a regular old Stipe Buke to me. And Carlos Vela even looked more energetic than him. There were a few moments where I was like, that Denny, but this is the worst I've ever seen Denny Buanga play. On top of that, Opoku is clearly in his head, smashing the ball over the crossbar from closer than humanly possible. Darren, do you think Buanga's slump is just a phase, or have the defenses really figured him out? No, I think he's completely in control, and you know you're not going to have an amazing game every single game. He's he's fine. I'm going to say he's fine. So you're saying my my click my clickbaity question is is one not worth asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be hopeful. Well, Derek, I think it I'll is worth it. asking because it's the same thing with Boanga. It's like he was playing really well. Who's to say that's something that's going to last for an entire season? We're halfway through yeah. the season. Where's you know what the made me upset, though? He was tied for Golden Boot and Hani Mukhtar got a hat trick. Um, and I was so fucking mad. I was like, yeah. De- this is Denny Boanga's to win. And it's because he's away playing for his international team, which is fine. He's able to do that. That's cool. But it just bums me out that now he has three goals to make up on Hani Mukhtar. And boy, does MLS and the journalists not want to give MVP to an LAFC player. I know that to be true. So as we go into our match against Vancouver, I want to remind you that we previewed them before when we played them in in Champions League. If you want to go in depth on them, head on over to the April 4th double episode where I believe I taught my parents about them with really bad audio. Oh, that was a fun one. We all remember in Champions League that we absolutely dominated Vancouver, which brings us to our final storyline of the match. And that is this. Will Vancouver be looking for revenge? They currently sit ninth in the West, just inside playoff contention with five wins, seven draws and five losses. Pretty middle of the road. They have a goal differential of plus six. Their Wednesday game was postponed for weather, so they'll be coming in with very fresh legs. And they've had a pretty decent run in their last four regular season games. They tied the clear supporter shield favorites, FC Cincinnati, and they tied Sporting Kansas City. They beat Montreal last week, and they absolutely decimated Houston 6-2. to two. Houston, if you remember, Darren, is the team that absolutely decimated us twice very recently. So just something worth thinking about. Yeah, they really made we- sure we wouldn't forget. <laughs> we beat Vancouver 6-0 to on aggregate in the Champions League. And if we're being honest, we know our team is on much shakier ground than it was when we were in that Champions League. And they're coming in confident and motivated from a good stretch. Uh, they're led in scoring by their 24-year-old American striker, Brian White, who has six goals in 12 games and whose name is incredibly close to Ryan White, the child in the 1980s who got HIV and whose autobiography became part of most schools' curricula and whose made-for-TV movie was absolutely terrible and brought back some real memories for me as I wrote these storylines. Darren, do you remember Ryan White? Nope. Oh, I don't. I had to read his uh, book and watch his movie at school. <laughs> Ryan White. He was a kid who got a blood transfusion in the eighties, and he died okay. as a child from getting HIV. He was like they. It was like the poster child for how anyone could get HIV. It wasn't just a, a, a uh, queer problem. 
but they made a really bad made for TV movie that they made me watch. I believe in elementary school, which is very funny. Anyways, their leading wow. scorer has a name that rhymes with that guy. <laughs> I really do think that this game will be the game that decides whether or not our string of poor form has ended or if it's just going to be a rocky road from now into League's Cup Saturday. All will be revealed. Darren, have you ever been to Canada? <laughs> Ooh, um, I actually have been once. I went that question was left in from an earlier part a draft that I forgot to take out. There's a, but we're still going to end on it. Darren, have you ever been to Canada? <laughs> Do you want me to give you like a shorter answer? <laughs> Whatever you want. I went to Montreal with my family once and got really sick. So I spent the entire vacation in the hotel room. That's that the one great. time I've been to Canada. Yep. <laughs> When we come back, an interview with LAFC Luke. (laughs) And we're back. You may know him as LAFC Luke on Twitter. He's president of Pride Republic, the LGBTQ plus LAFC supporters group, and he's the co-host of LGBTFC podcast, Please welcome back to the show and to the pregame show for the first time, longtime friend of the foot, Luke Clip. Welcome long to the show, Luke. Look, it's great to be here, Darren. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we're excited to have you on. I feel like just from your appearances on our postgame show, people know a little bit about who you are and that you know your soccer and you know the team well. But can you give us the audience a little background on your journey from soccer fan to LAFC fan to now being more of an active and public and impactful supporter than your average supporter. In our yeah. Community. I'm kind of an, I'm kind of a soccer nerd now, Darren. It didn't, that didn't come naturally. <laughs> Look, I, I was one of those kids growing up in the Midwest who played soccer because it was a thing you could do and I enjoyed it. And I thought I was pretty good at it until the team actually had cuts and I was cut. <laughs> so it turns, <laughs> turns out I learned at an early age that I'm not really suited to playing soccer. But when I moved to Los Angeles about, oh God, back in 2010 to be with my now husband, I was very excited, Darren, to come to a city where we had a professional men's soccer team that was good. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go check out the Galaxy. (laughs) And I did. I had only been here a few months when we went to a game on a Friday evening And swear to God, we left an hour and a half before kickoff, and we walked into the stadium in the 60th minute. Now, Darren, do you think stopping anywhere along the way for maybe dinner or to socialize or anything? Absolutely not. We were just stuck in traffic the whole dang way to Carson, going 13 miles or so. I could have walked faster. And frankly, by the time we showed up at the match... The players themselves looked like they were just walking. It was a 1-1 draw between the Galaxy and Dallas. But then they did a pride night. And I was like, oh, okay, I can get some friends together for this. It was a Saturday night. And then they had Robbie Rogers, who was okay. like this, you know, this guy who like played for the crew. And then he decided he couldn't be an out player in the professional game. So he retired at, in his like, late 20s and said, and then came out. And to their credit, the Galaxy said, hey, come back here. You can come back and play and we'll we'll support you. And he did. And that was a very memorable Pride Night for the fact that we had an out men's player on the pitch. Otherwise, in the stands, it was boring and <laughs> maybe maybe half full. 
And most of the friends that I dragged out to Carson for this game were like, okay, cool, Luke. Thanks for (laughs) bringing us here. And then shortly thereafter, this team was announced. And you know what, Darren? My husband and I are like, oh, $50 to become a member? Sure. And we ended up being one of the earliest members and having no idea what we were signing up for. (laughs) Swear to God. Interesting. And then the way they rolled this thing out was masterful. Absolutely masterful. The yep. crest and the colors and the coach and then Carlos Vela. And then just like I was hooked. I mean, here we are back uh, the week of Pride Night 2023. Pride Night, I should say explicitly, is this Saturday, 24th. 24th, 7.30 p.m. game against Vancouver. What can we expect on Pride Night? What has Pride Month been like with LAFC so far? I will say that LAFC are fully invested in supporting all of the community in LA that is part of the Los Angeles community. So that is, I've seen some people be like, oh, well, now do it for the straight people, right? Like, it's like, well, that they do. Like, they do. (laughs) That's the default. You know, that's right. Like, we're we're asking for one month out of 12. Thank you. Um, You know, there are 11 other months in the year. Uh, Yeah, it, it has been... It has been a whirlwind. I mean, the the big stuff that we did prior to the Pride Night was actually LA Pride Weekend on Saturday, June 10th, when we had a Pride watch party of about 130 or so of supporters, 32, 52 members. Uh, And then the very next day on Saturday, June 11th, we marched in the Pride Parade. And this is the third time now that LAFC have marched in the Pride Parade. This is the largest contingent we've ever had. Probably about 125 or so folks. Oh, it was wow. Incredible. The team brought in a double-decker bus that they wrapped in a thing basically saying LAFC supports Pride. We had the Supporter Shield and the MLS Cup in the Pride Parade. I saw the videos of this. It looked awesome. I've never seen that ever before with the MLS Cup in the Pride Parade. So uh, what about uh, Pride Night? Like, What's the best way to enjoy it be part of it support it the team's going to have some a giveaway at the door for everyone a lot of folks will who may remember the very first pride night that lafc had back in 2019 when they had a rainbow captain's armband it's not going to be a rainbow captain's armband this go round, but i i feel pretty strongly people are going to enjoy the giveaway that they have available at the door which i'm not going to give it away until the team does and yes That's how we do. We've been working (laughs) 3252 on something that they can be doing as well. I would expect that they will also have rainbow smoke for all the goals that we will score. Oh, awesome. Oh, yes. And there will be, of course, rainbow corner flags. And then for us, for Pride Republic, we'll do our usual halftime meetup in the, actually, though, it'll be in the northwest corner in front of the MLS trophy, the giant like trophy that they have set up there in the northwest corner for people who are like 50 feet tall. Yeah, we'll be we'll be doing our photo in front of that. And then they're going to be honoring some folks before the match who are luminaries or leaders in our LGBTQ plus community. And so, yeah, we're well, there'll be just sort of all sorts of things all over to, to, to recognize the, the value and the importance of the night and what it means and signifies for people. This is not the only team in town with a season going on right now. The Dodgers had their Pride Night recently. It did yes. not go so well. It was drowning in controversy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Uh, did you go to that? What? 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 What's going on here? <laughs> I did go to the Dodgers Pride Night. Okay. It was one of the more bizarre experiences I've ever had. We took the bus and we walked up Vince Scully Way to the game. And I was I hadn't really considered that there would be some large protest, but apparently it was all over the news before we left. And we certainly understood it when we were getting closer because the helicopters were all hovering. You know, that helicopter sound where you're like, oh, there must be a car crash near me because there's like five helicopters buzzing like a hundred or a couple yeah. hundred feet above the yeah. house. It was that sound where everything's just kind of vibrating and we're That's walking funny. up and it's just this mass of people on either side of Vince Scully way who almost all had like the same version of the same sign. Although a few of them made homemade signs to basically tell us how awful we were as LGBT people. But the, the signs that were sort of corporate made all said, you hate Catholics. I'm like, I don't hate Catholics. I was raised Catholic. I was raised in the Catholic church, in Catholic schools. And guess who told me that I didn't have a place in the church? You did, not me. I didn't decide that. <laughs> like the Catholic church decided that. I don't hate Catholics. I don't know what your problem is with me. But regardless, uh, it was quite an experience. I had, you know, large groups of people praying the Our Father and the Hail Mary over us. Probably Jeez. the worst part about the whole thing, Darren, was that we couldn't get to the button to push the button to get a walk signal. And so we were stuck at a corner for like five minutes because they were all crowded around the, the pole where you had to push the button. I was like, LA, you making me have to go through this crowd wow. of people so I can cross the street and get out of this crowd of people? It was an experience that I don't need to relive. I would yeah. I would offer that as someone who was raised in the Catholic Church, I don't think it necessarily represented the majority of Catholics that would, you know, I was used to growing up that there were some elements within the church that liked to just sort of politicize things in a way that most Catholics didn't want to. And that's what this felt yep. like. It just didn't feel like a grassroots, like people were genuinely upset. And frankly, we actually on our podcast had a Sister of Perpetual Indulgence on to talk about this. And one of the things she said that really stuck with me was that they adopted the sisterhood as how they organized themselves because of the devotion to community and service to others. That that mm -hmm. was for them what they wanted to embody in their organization above all else. So really, it's a reverence for sisterhood. It's not a mockery of it. And people just don't understand that or don't see that or don't even recognize the historical context of their being founded in the middle of the AIDS crisis. And that the church in many ways was pointing the finger at gays and saying, go ahead and die. And the sisters are saying, no, we want you to live. And so, you know, people just have completely twisted this one inside and out in the wrong sorts of ways. 
and and really need to kind of check themselves and and get a little educated about it. Yeah. I, so if if anybody needs to be caught up, I, I don't know if this is a a time to catch everybody up thoroughly or like a just go Google it situation. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were were invited. I I believe we're set to be honored, not just invited originally. Yeah. For yeah, a reason. They and were then honored. invited when there was controversy, uh, yes. and then re-invited. And re-invited. And that is, I believe, what you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for people to decide to come and protest. You know what, Darren? Um, An hour before the first pitch, there were like 15 people in the stadium. It was like going to a galaxy game. I mean, there was nobody there. Why were they why was this so controversial? And there were two sisters on the field who looked fabulous, by the way, but they were it was like there was nobody in the stadium stands because it was so early. And this is what everyone got worked up about. Get it. Get over it, people. <laughs> my, my precious Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they proceeded to lose. <laughs> right. To the chance. So what? So I guess the question is, like, what can you tell us about what it's like to be an LGBTQ person as a sports fan in the world right now when it feels like we're kind of making steps forward and backwards at the same time? It feels like a tricky place. Yeah. Not that it hasn't always been tricky and difficult, but how should we be thinking about this weird moment that we're in? You know, one of the things that I think is the best example of where sort of we are when it comes to men's sports and the LGBTQ community is we know that somewhere between like three and six percent of people identify as like gay or lesbian, and then there's more lately that are identifying a little more as other you know category queer or whatever how many men's professional footballers in the entire world are out i would imagine I think extremely it's, few I think it's five five or six wow. and yeah. there are thousands of men professional footballers around the world so what that says is there's just not space for folks to feel comfortable about being who they are and that's not news to anyone, by the way, who plays right. men's sports. Whether you played it as I did as a kid or in high school or college or professionally, it is not news to know that it is not a space that is particularly welcoming to gay and bisexual and queer men. It just isn't. And that is also in the stance. That is very much, I mean, there is a reason that we have homophobic chants that are in different versions of a homophobic chant all around the world, right? Like we hear in the U.S. about the Mexican one, but there are homophobic chants in every part of the world. It's just a different flavor of mm-hmm. the same idea, which is homophobia is the best way to attack someone and, and question his masculinity. So for me, that is like the context and why it is particularly meaningful when a team like LAFC stands up and says, we will not let that happen here. And not only will we not let that happen, we are going to openly embrace this community and say, you have a space here too. And that is, that's not easy to do, right? I think some people think it's really easy, but like we're, this is every MLS team has the same opportunity. And how many of them have really stepped up? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it it takes more teams like LAFC or just the success of LAFC to set the blueprint a little bit more for more teams to take notice and, and really understand how you, how you should be doing things. It, it does feel like they're providing a really good example on that front. I, there were, it's been a few years, but there was a problem with homophobic chance and they were able to take care of the situation. I know it's popped up since then, it but has. it seems like 
the team has taken it very seriously. I believe Pride Republic played a role and still plays a role in making sure that that place and the team and the culture of LAFC is a really welcoming environment. So I mean, it's a couple months old when LAFC played their first game. A couple months old, I mean, like literally just a handful of people who had been hanging out watching a couple of away games. It was not formally incorporated, like none of that. It was just still just sort of like this group of folks were just like, cool, we're queer and we love LAFC. Great. Right. Like that's all it was really at the time. But it was still it was getting going, but it was still brand new. And they had that first home game and that chant was happening. And I I wasn't part. I was I was getting involved with with Pride Republic, but I was still dipping my toes. And honestly, Darren, I didn't want to come back to the stadium. Mm. I We had gotten season tickets and I was like, I'm out. Like if this is what it's going to be like and I know that I'm getting that I'm having our supporters use homophobia as an attack on the away team day in and day out. I want nothing to do with this. And the very next game, the team had the president, the captain of the team, the head of the 3252 and the head of pride Republic, who by the way, had been in it for that week between the previous game. And then was like, Oh my gosh, what are we supposed to do? Who are we? What's happening? Because again, they were just this ragtag group of folks at the moment. And they had them all out on the pitch and they all made statements about, we do not do this in our stadium. And they had rainbow flags on the field. And I turned to my husband and I said, okay, great. That's one game. Let's see what they do with the next one. Right. And they have had those rainbow flags out on that pitch every single game. And here, here's why this is particularly meaningful, Darren. Every other flag on that pitch that starts before the, the game starts, it's either the team's crest or, which is right in the middle of the state, of uh, the middle of the pitch, or all the other flags that, the, that folks are holding, those are the flags of the supporter groups of the club. The only other flags that are on the field are the rainbow flags. That is a commitment by the club to supporting everyone who is in that stadium and making it clear that all are welcome here at BMO Stadium. That's profoundly important for so many people in ways that you and I and so many other folks who have this kind of conversation will never understand what kind of impact that is having on folks and giving them the freedom to be who they are and know that this is a place where they're welcome. Yeah. I mean, just from a utility standpoint of having as a fan, having that clear signal walking into the stadium to know that that's what, that's what you're walking into is huge. Um, there will be, I believe a tailgate this Saturday as well on uh, LGBTFC. You have a bonus episode this week that is a fantastic episode that tailgate will come into play it's worth checking out that episode if you haven't if you would like i think a great on-ramp to the show in general before we go is there any other way uh that we can tell people where to find you uh about the show anything else so people can can get more absolutely i would certainly encourage folks if you aren't already to follow me on twitter at lafc luke you can follow the LAFC Pride Republic. They're on Twitter at LAFC Pride R-E-P-U-B and on Instagram at LAFC Pride Republic. And LGBT underscore FC Pod is our Twitter and Instagram handle. So at LGBT underscore FC Pod. Uh, the episode you referenced that we had for as our Pride Match preview or special or whatever we're calling it, I forget now. <laughs> they start to blur together, Darren, is our 32nd episode. We literally started one year ago on LA Pride wow. weekend. And we've just been churning out content. We talked to Ilya Sanchez last December. We talked to Lori Lindsay this month. She's Apple TV talent, but previously as a midfielder for the U.S. women's national team. 
at the Olympics and at the World Cup. We talked to some folks overseas during during the World Cup back in November, December last year. We talked to some folks in USL. We really like to showcase, though, our own local L.A. supporters who are LGBTQ, especially identify as LGBTQ, and as well, folks who are supporters of teams that LAFC are playing. So we've had on people who are LGBTQ supporters of Seattle, of Atlanta, of Dallas, of uh, Miami, and yes, even the Galaxy. We had an LGBTQ supporter back when we thought that we were going to be playing at Rose Bowl in February. (laughs) I mean, even just having fans on your show from other teams like helps really spread that and make the whole league more of a place that can be making this kind of progress. We are are opposed to each other for those 90 minutes. Then the rest (laughs) of the time, we're all sort of dealing with the same stuff, even though we're in different parts. I mean, we've had folks talking about what they're going through in Florida and Tennessee and Georgia and Texas. And, you know, it's a it's a very challenging, like you said earlier, it's a very challenging time for a lot of LGBTQ folks. And I think one of the thoughts I would want to just leave your audience with this Pride Month, and, and we said this on a recent episode about the significance of Pride Month, particularly this year, is the importance of being an ally. That even if you don't identify as LGBTQ, let folks know that you are an ally. Because frankly, right now, the kinds of stuff that I'm hearing from folks that we wouldn't share on the show because it gets it could get really dark really quick but there's a lot of people going through it right now man they're going through it and mm-hmm. it would it means a lot for to for folks to know that you know this person who's maybe a cousin or a nephew or an uncle or a, or just a you know a friend down the street or a coworker or whatever is an ally is a supporter of making sure that they have the safe space that they need to be who they are. So if anyone listening to this episode has any questions about any of that, like uh, just, just be, just be an ally. However you can put out your own rainbow flags. That's right. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everything that you do for this community and helping to make that blueprint possible. We'll see you again soon. All right. Take care. When we come back, we're going to make some bets. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It. Bet It and Forget It. Every week, Travis and I end the show with a bet for this week's games. We make an outlandish prediction for that week, something that almost definitely will not happen, but could. Each week, we both put up $5. If no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week. Eventually, by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change. And they have, my friends. <gasps> Travis's bet last week became the second and largest bet in Happy Foot Sad Foot history to cash. Travis's bet, Travis bet that someone last week would score their first ever MLS goal, and Maldonado put a redemption header into the side netting to equalize the match against Sporting KC. Mari Bogos also got his first MLS assist on the play, I believe. A lot to celebrate in that moment, but of course, foremost of those things is Travis's Benjamin, a cool one hundred dollars. I want $100. Nothing more important. Of course not. Travis, are you ready to claim your prize? I am. Sir Travis Helwig of Highland Park, California, do you accept that reward of $100 American dollars? I do. It is my great honor to now bestow onto you the bet it and forget it ceremonial Venmo. Hast thou Venmo been received? Aye. It is now that I thank thee 
for your ceremonial Venmo and for participating in such valiant sporting with me, your friend and compatriot, and not your opponent. I salute you as well, my friend. And you. <laughs> now we can talk like human beings. Our bet pool this week returns to $5 a person. That means $10 total. Darren, since I won with my bet, why don't you go first? Wow, just rubbing week? it in every single chance you get. I cannot believe this gloating. I've changed. Unbelievable. Good thing uh, people paid for the Patreon because now you can pay me with that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to do it from my fucking cold hard bank account. You go go ahead. What was your <clears throat> what's your prediction? My prediction. Okay, here's the deal. Here's what's going to happen. Chiellini is going to score a goal off a header. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It's just a, a pretty basic thing, but it's also extremely specific. Yeah, I, I like that. He's tall enough to do it. His one goal for us is not off a header, so I'm cool with that. And it has okay. to be direct from the head, right? He can't like head it and then to his foot or something. It's a header. Oh, no. The, the last thing to touch the ball before it goes in the net is his head. Okay, I have a, I have a, I like that bet. I have a bet that I'm very confident in, Darren. I want you to know. Oh, good. Okay. I feel really confident about this. Wow. And it's this: during the the post game press conference, mm-hmm. someone's going to reference this podcast. My prediction oh my is that a player or the coach of either team <laughs> referenced this podcast. Wow. This is this is chump change for me. I'm rich now. I get five dollars. Wow. I don't need to Yeah, win. you're really throwing it in the fire. <laughs> well, that I'm is. confident in it. I'm confident. What if like a it. reporter asking a question references it? Yeah, th- I, that counts too. If okay. if Vince is listening and he wants to ask a player. Yeah. Vince, don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> I, I two right. in a row. I, 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 it's it's bra- it's bragging rights beyond the five dollars for sure. <laughs> That's our show. We shall see. Darren, take us away. Just a reminder, we'll be streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. There's a link in the show notes. Talk to us in the chat. If you want to call to talk, we'll post a link to join us live on the air. Thank you to Luke Clip for joining the show. Our theme music is done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louis Palmer. Along with YouTube, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and maybe Facebook. And if you made it this far into the episode, chances are you're enjoying the show. And if that's true and you want to show your support, please consider becoming a Patreon at just $5 a month at patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. Or pick up some Half Sappho inspired merch by going to happyfootsadfootpod.com. Any support really does go a long way to keeping this show going and this community growing. Thanks again, and we'll see you at BMO, baby. I love you. I love you. See you at BMO. Bye. I love you. I love, I love you. you. Thank you to our friends of the feet and those of you who are not friends of the feet. We still love you. Do you guys think Travis meant to rhyme at that last part? I Did love I you. Rhyme. Bye. Show going and community growing. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Goodbye. I love you. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're 
so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>